The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. 1119, Domino Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. You're on a Thursday morning into the afternoon. It's our ex-platform question of the day. Today is National Kite Flying Day. So, what's your favorite song about flying, Domino? That is our ex-platform question. So, this isn't exactly about flying, but I think it was Charlie's walk-up song. That That's fair enough. Charlie kind of did one of these. He looked around. He, I think it hit him. That's I noticed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, y'all, y'all are, y'all are slick. Yeah. We are on top of things like nobody else. Charlie Culberson is here in the studio. How many, how many different walk-up songs do you think you had in your career? I'm, I'm not sure, but I think I only had one with the Braves. Okay. And then was that, that there? Yeah. Hey, these guys, awesome. so, yeah, yeah, these I guys sort so. of just play what's hot, and then you just you found something and stuck with it. I stuck with it right. here in Atlanta. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. You're trying something new now, though, for those that don't know. The last time you pitched a lot was when you were a, what, senior at Calhoun High, like 17 years ago? That's right. Yeah, here we are doing it again. And, and so now, better. yes, uh, here you are. What what led to, first of all, this decision? I know that you did it here and there in the major leagues, but what made you want to try this as a full-time position? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, everybody's career changes, and I didn't really have that super luxury of finishing out as the utility player that I kind of was at the big league level, and teams just kind of go on. They move on, unless you're... Unless you're the superstar that's playing every day, like they're going to find new guys to fill that spot. And I think I told somebody the other day, like I feel like I'm capable of continuing to be that you know solid utility player here. Um, but again, teams just move on; they they change their mind, and I had to adjust. Yeah, we'll talk about the adjustments and really what your plan is. But there is this thing: the 34 year old sort of utility guy. They almost will say, "Give me the 22 year old guy." Because the clock thing isn't really what it used to be, keeping guys down in the minors. And they say for a, for a little bit less money and for a guy that might be a little bit more upside, we're going to bring this guy up and you sort of become dinosaurish to be the guy who might be the 34, 35-year-old utility guy on the team these days. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But there's also a, a part, too, that's like there's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played a ton at the major league level. I'm not getting 700 plate appearances. Like, I'm going through all the workouts, preparing, but obviously not seeing the field a ton. So there's something to that that's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 34 years old, or you could bring up a 22-year-old, but they might get more production. Who knows? You just never know. There's Everybody's a different player. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to be on great teams. When Alex traded for me in that big money swap trade, came into 18, and, you know, I'll say it like I was a I was a part of that winning team to get the Braves back on track. I I felt like I did my part. And now since then the Braves obviously have a lot of ton of they have a ton of great players, superstar players that you know are pulling the load, but you know, you have to have everybody to kind of help tug at one end of the rope, right? I don't um, think any team's won without a guy. Nick and I have talked about this. I don't think you win without a guy who is never gonna be the best player, not gonna be the second best player. But there's a guy in the room that you go, oh, that guy gets what we're trying to do here, and he's going to help us because he understands what we're trying to do here. 
Yeah, you need a few of those players. You obviously need your your all stars. It's great to have Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley, Matt Olson. Like you, you keep going down the list. Like for Braves fans, like you have to be excited for the future and for right now. Like it's really fun to watch them, but you need a whole team. You need more than twenty six guys. It's just how it is. Guys get hurt, and other guys have to fill in. I was very fortunate to be one of those guys to have filled in to help out this team get back on track. Um, I'm not saying I was the only one that I, that did my part, but I take a lot of pride in being that utility player that filled in for Ronald when he got hurt in 18 and filled in for Ozzy and Dansby. And, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty humble guy, but I'll have to give myself some props for doing those things too, for being called upon. I mean, I'm, I wasn't an all-star. I wasn't ever the best player, but I feel like the time that I had in Atlanta and my role wasn't too bad. Did you sense it just fit, though, because the fans, everybody seems to still embrace you in the city of Atlanta. To a certain extent, I understand being a hometown person, that helps, but the fit just seemed right. Yeah, I mean, I think it worked out. Um, It worked out. Uh, I try my best to always be available to fans. Um, I'm still, you know, a professional baseball player that goes out and, and gets my work in. But I always try my best to take the time out to be willing to talk to fans, to kids, to help out, to give them advice, to show them that, like, you can do both. It's not like a one-sided thing where you are just a baseball player and you're put up on a pedestal and people look at you and you're not human. Like, come on. We're just blessed with the ability to play a game and get extra chances. So let's go back to the pitching in high school. Could Do you believe, looking back, you could have been a guy who – Minor league pitcher with a chance to make it up to the bigs? Yes. You do? Yeah. Okay. So what was the swing? How did you become the everyday player? Like, what was the moment that somebody said, okay, but you're not a pitcher now. Now you're a guy who's going to try to earn a spot being an everyday player. Like, what was the what was the tran- transition? There was one specific day. It was my birthday and, uh, and my senior year in high school. And I remember I was 4 for 4 that day with two home runs. And I got up to 96 on the mound. So I pitched, had a great day at the plate. And one team was like, uh, they emailed me. They're like, hey, you know, we like the way um, that you play, this and that. We'd love to invite you to our pre-draft as a pitcher. And I remember emailing them back and saying, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But what about as a shortstop? And they're like, oh, we view you as a better pitcher. And I'm like, no, you know, I believe I can do it as an infielder, as a position player. And I was able to, maybe not to the extent of some of these great careers, but again, I'll go back to it like I had a goal in mind and I made it to the big leagues as a position player and was able to scratch out almost eight full seasons that way. But I knew that I could pitch too. And I, I feel like my arm's fresh. I don't have many innings in my arm. Yeah, work that to your advantage. Charlie Culberson yeah. here in studio with us. So what's that initial conversation with Alex Anthopoulos like when you tell him you want to be a pitcher? Well, the second time they took me off the roster because, you know, I can't just be optioned back down to the minor leagues. It's either you're on the active roster or you're not. And... I remember talking to my wife, Sarah, and then I called Alex and I said, hey, I kind of see where this is trending for me. What if I try to pitch? And, you know, he's seen me pitch before, and Alex is like, yeah, I think it's great. Why not? And, you know, for them, it's not much for the Braves. Sure, go to AAA and go on the development list for however long. You only have two months left of the season. So I built up for six weeks just working at pitching and getting my arm in shape. And then it's up to me, right, to go down there and throw and See what I got. So and what's I, it like, though, to watch a game or sit in? Because bullpen guys were a little bit strange. That group is yeah. a little bit different than everybody else. 
Now you're in that group. What's it like to actually go watch a game from down in the bullpen? Yeah, you have some guys that are they're locked in on every pitch. They have, they have their routine. Then some guys just try not to think about the game as much. You're, I mean, for the most part, you're in the outfield behind the fence. You're away from the game. Sometimes you can't even see the scoreboard in AAA, AAA parks. So you really don't know what's going on. It's like it's really hard to really focus and pay attention to, like, every pitch and the, the inning and the, the score and all that and what guys are doing. Um, I think it's just like a position player that's coming off the bench. You just find a routine that, that fits you and helps you stay locked in. Now, the weird part was you take the mound last September – and what you give up, two earned runs in almost three innings. Mm. And as a pitcher over seven and a third, you didn't give up that many runs. But all things considered, it was a success as you came off the mound that day, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I started two innings, got through both innings, came in with one out in my last appearance um, to finish an inning, and I finished the inning. You know, I gave up a couple long flyouts, and then I, I gave up singles, I had strikeouts. I got swing and miss. I walked the very first batter I faced on a 3-2 pulled fastball. So I feel like I was able to go through a lot of scenarios in just three appearances, whether it was my first outing was mostly fastball cutters, some sliders. The next one was mainly sliders. The last outing was a lot of cutters. So, like, I was able to do a lot of things, face a lot of lefties. So what's the plan when you get on the mound this early into this? I know you pitched, and I know you watch these games because as a utility guy, yeah. you have to be aware because that's how you're going to be on a team following you. You have to be a guy who understands the game. You have to have probably a pretty good baseball IQ. Is the plan, like, what's the scouting report situation for you? Now you're reading the other end of a scouting report. So what's that like for you? Well, I know how hard it is as a hitter to hit. And you think you have an advantage kind of. As a pitcher, do you not? Sure. Okay. I do. So explain that. Why do you think you have an advantage now? Well, as a hitter, you know, especially at the major league level, you have all these scouting reports. You go over everybody at the beginning of the series, and then the next days you go over the starter. And so you understand that what those pitchers do really well, and you try to eliminate a certain pitch, whether it's your nastiest pitch, whatever it may be, you eliminate. But I understand as a hitter, like, how tough it is to even hit pitches that aren't perfect pitches from a pitcher. Like, pitchers miss all the time. Some miss more than others. And you just have to, as a hitter, you eliminate pitches. And I understand that guys that have really good spin, you have to swing above the ball. Like, you're swinging one or two balls above it, which is kind of crazy to think about. Or if it's a high-spin breaking ball, you're thinking about swinging underneath the baseball to hit it. And so understanding that gyro sliders are, are tough to hit and, hard sweepers and, you know, those those late-life fastballs that are high spin, high vert at the top of the zone are tough to hit. And so as a hitter, I've had the advantage of being able to try to hit those pitches, um, and, and I know which ones are tougher than others. So I just... And you got to stay away from the middle of the plate. I mean, when push comes to shove, isn't it? I don't want to make the game too simple because it's not, but you probably know, oh, I, it, when it leaves your hand... Yeah. Do you sort of know, oh, that, this might not turn out well? Like, yeah. Are you I mean, aware of that? Yeah. And, and the guys that, you know, that I've faced that are more wild than others, like you can see balls that are just spiked out of the hand or, or fastballs that aren't even close. That makes those pitches that are down the middle even better to hit because you can just eliminate so many pitches. But if a guy has a better feel for the strike zone and making good pitches, then it's just it's a tougher at bat. And so if you're more around the zone, you're hitting your spots better, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that your pitches have to be that much better. Location is better than stuff sometimes. Charlie Culberson here in studio with us. Like we said, reinventing himself as a pitcher going down to spring training. What, next Friday? You're going to be headed down? So in the offseason, you work with a pitching lab. What does that teach you more so than anything else? Yeah, I mean, I told myself, too, like if I'm going to try and make the switch, and now I'm making a big switch, I'm switching positions, like going to be a pitcher, I can't just work out on my own. I can't just throw on my own. Like I know that that would probably be okay. But at this point in my career, I've got to have extra help to guide me with mechanical stuff, with thought, extra thought process on, on grips and, you know, how to attack hitters and my body, like body awareness on the mound. Um, this is the time to kind of clean all that stuff up. But then once you get on the mound, it's all about competing and just giving it your best your best stuff. Same when, thing. When did this pitching lab stuff start? I'm trying to figure it out because they are <laughs> called pitching labs and they're real yeah. things now, whether it's biomechanics, they're trying to figure out pressure points, they're trying to figure out how to keep guys healthier. I don't even know when this began. And I guess you find out more about, it sounds strange to say, but you find out more about your own body, right? Because I guess you were quoted as saying everybody's body is yeah. obviously different. So your, your mechanics are going to be different. Right. And there's only so many things that you can change. I feel like my body is set up a certain way, I'm not going to be able to move like Spencer Strider on the mound. Uh-huh. Like his foot opens up a lot better than my front foot opens up. And that's just part of it. Like I'm not going to go have surgery or whatever <laughs> to try to like correct my body and how it's formed, you know, so everyone's different. But we can all, you know, learn from some of the guys that move really well on how they you know, with their leg kick and how they load and then how they free fall down the mound. But you- the winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacy Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, His goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. Arm slot to me is always the one. That, mm-hmm. Like if you start screwing with an arm slot, to me you're yeah. just screaming to get hurt. Yeah, so everyone has a natural arm slot, and I feel like there's a natural way to adjust and clean that up. Like I don't need to be throwing straight over the top or, or being submarine pitcher like and just start to do something off the wall crazy. It's here I am, let's clean up 
what I've got and go from there. Have you figured out, do you move righty-lefty? Have you moved on the mound, or have you figured out where you need to be on the mound? That's the other thing guys have to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like naturally you want to move more towards the third base side to kind of crowd a righty, and then your cutter or your breaking stuff will come in better to a lefty. Um, so I think it's just me adjusting, and, you know, I've only thrown in, I threw in three games at the yeah. end of the season as an actual pitcher. <laughs> I think that's just up to me to figure out, like, what's comfortable for me with angles on how I'm feeling that day. So let's talk about life. Three kids now, and you're going back down to spring training. Again, the kids are getting a little bit older, and there's a lot of juggling going on now, right, as opposed to when you first started your career. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sarah and I talk about this a lot. You know, when the kids were younger, it was spring training was a really fun time for us because they might not be in school yet, and we just all go out and break up that part of the offseason. They get to go and, you know, lay by the pool and go to baseball games and, you know, go out and eat some good food. And just it just changes things up. And now that they're all in school and doing their own thing and getting older, it makes it a lot tougher for us. Tell everybody what age. Yeah, they're um, 11, 8, and almost 7. So fifth, second, and first grade. How many different activities are going on with three kids these days? Each kid really is doing two different things each. And so when you have dad home helping out for four straight months or the best that I could, that helps out mama too, right? And now that I'm leaving, it's more on her plate. And it's not, we're not the only ones that are in that boat. Like everyone else has to go through what was the, certain things. I don't know if it's a kitchen table conversation. What was the conversation with your wife about, about doing this? Sarah said, if I don't think, if I didn't think that you could do this, I'd tell you to stay home. She was just honest with me, but she has 100% confidence in me. And my ability and the headspace that I've had this offseason, she goes, since I believe in you, that you can do this, I'm okay with you going. So She's always was, been behind me in my career. So she understands, I don't want to say this, but she understands enough about baseball. Yeah. As well as you, personality-wise, that yeah. this is realistic enough to go away for seven weeks, maybe go away for a few months on top of that, and she's okay with it. Yeah, I mean, last year was really hard for us with the juggling, getting a chance to, you know, fill in in, in Atlanta. But she's like, you were in Gwinnett for two-thirds of the season, but it still feels like you were away, yeah. you know, and it's just tough. It is. It's tough. Um, Can luckily, I ask, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if this is a fair question or not. Is go. this a want or a need for you? Is this a want thing or is this a need thing for you? Maybe a little both. Like, I want this because I know that I can do it. Uh, a need in what sense? I don't want to retire. Uh, I don't want to be sitting on my couch in May. Like Charlie Morton going, told what I, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm going to miss the crack of the bat. I'm going to miss yeah. the roar of the crowd. That's stuff that you're going to be thinking about. Charlie Morton said it anyway when he's 70 years old. And he's got a family situation similar yeah. to yours. He likes his family. Yeah, he loves his, he loves his family. He right. loves his wife and kids and right. loves being there with them. But... I think there's a need for some guys that I, and it's not because of ego. It's I don't want to leave meat on the bone. I don't want to ask myself 10 years from now, could I have done this? That to me is, is the difference between want and need. Want, I want to keep yeah. playing baseball. Need is I don't want to have to think about this somewhere down the road as to whether I could have done it or not. Well, I, you know, I've had great support and whether it's family or friends, you know, that you, we all have those people that you go to and the honest for, guy. Yeah, yeah. For good advice and, you know, I think last August and September was a thing that kind of did it for me. If I would have went out and, you know, I was 88 to 90, I wasn't spinning the ball good. I was just getting crushed. 
in those few appearances, wasn't throwing any strikes, walking everybody, then I could have said, you know what, I gave it a shot. But I feel like I was able to do some really cool things analytically too because let's be honest, baseball is very analytical now. Like I feel like I'm a, I was a decent enough utility player that brought a lot to the table that helped in any way that I could, but I'm not hitting the ball 95 off the bat all the time and I'm not the fastest guy out there. I guess I don't wow the, the numbers guys enough to keep me around in that role. But spinning a baseball, like, I feel like I fare pretty well. And, again, I got swing and miss. And those were the things that allowed me to say, I can do this. And so, yes, it's more of a need in a sense of, I don't want to say, what if, what if, right? Right. And so now I'm giving it a shot. And in my mind, I know I can do it. And that's the conversation. We talked about this on the air yesterday, Charlie, that you, Chris, had with Jeff Francourt, right? No doubt. He was in a similar situation. Jeff was looking at a minor league contract possibly after he'd had a pretty good run with Philadelphia. He was mm-hmm. a pinch hitter. And he, he, you know, he's pissed. Uh, why am I on a minor league deal? Why, you know, I don't know if I want. I said, you don't know if you want to. I said, again, I want you to think about this. I think he had two kids at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, it'll be May or June, and you're going to hold one kid, and your wife's going to be on the other side of the room, and you're going to be pissy. And then she's going to be pissy because you're not really being the father you're supposed to be because you're angry. Or you're just, you didn't do what you thought you should have done or what you could have done, but just got ego said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I don't think that's a win for anybody. You know, make, make them rip the uniform off here. At least you're telling me what I, he- what I hear is if you were throwing 88 and walking guys, you don't want to be a clown show. You don't want to be a, exactly. a sideshow. Right. Right. And you would have known that last yes. year if it did not go well. Exactly. Okay. And Again, I've had great support from Braves country, um, but I want to be viewed as like, here's a guy that's coming in. Obviously, I'm not getting any special treatment. I'm going to minor league camp. Yeah. Like I told backfields, backfields, and like, hey, you'll you, we're going to be backing up big league games. And I told my daughter, she's big into dance, and like, she's going through some things. And I'm, as a parent, you want to be a parent, but you want to be a friend too, and you try to do some like similarities. I said, Colin, this is like me being sent back down to the newbie side of dance, even though you're in the top of your class and you're having to work your way back up. Why? That's just what they told you to do. Like I said, there's a chance that dad is going to put on Braves uniform and go in and pitch with no name on the back of my jersey. Something as simple as that. And a number, number that says 84, 80, 84 yeah. my yeah. first major league <laughs> spring training number, 84. Like that's a, that's a hit to me. But then it's like, hey, you know, if, if – this is how it's supposed to go, then so be it. Like, sometimes we can't get all everything that we want all the time. And I think the other part with the, the Jeff thing is he ends up calling games and he's back in the organization. And I, I tend to believe, and I think Nick and I have talked about this, I think you're going to be in baseball even when you're done playing baseball. So this, I don't want to call it networking, but there's, yeah. there's something about doing this that you might learn for whatever it is the next thing might be. I agree. Um I'm not worried about what's after baseball because I know it all works out one way or the other. Yeah, we kind of, there's a question mark there because you want to do something that you enjoy and that you're good at and that it works with your family, right? It's the dynamic has to work. Um, So I'm not really worried about that. I just know that I can, I can do this. Um, I'm going to have to go to my early camp for the first time in like 14 years, but it is what it is, right? I don't really have much leverage. Go down there give it all I got, show them that I could be a, an effective major league pitcher, 
I can spin the ball because they want to see guys spin the ball. They want to see swing and miss. Like, let me get a crack at it. And they want to see guys who can quite honestly stay healthy. You're up, you're down. Can you do it again? Can you yeah. repeat it? You know, it, you got to be around a little bit. Yeah, being available. Being and around. again, I got, I got a, uh, not the too many innings fresh. on this arm. Yeah, yeah I went, hey, I went through some farm fatigue and yeah. throwing a lot this off season. So I get it. I give pitchers a lot of credit because it's it's a lot of work. Throwing off that slope is is different, and being available to throw back to back days right. and throw a lot, it, it's work, and you have to put in that extra work. But I know how to put in work. Charlie Culberson uh, with us for a couple more minutes. So, best case scenario. How do you see yourself as a setup guy, as a closer? If it all works out, what do you see yourself doing as a pitcher? Best case scenario? Best case scenario. Closer, right? <laughs> I mean, why not? So you, you've you thought about, because most kids think about, oh, I hit the home run in the bottom of the night. Do you really have in your mind, gate opens, I got music, and I'm coming in to finish a baseball game? Like, why? have you envisioned that? Why not feel that way? Yeah. Why not put those thoughts, I mean... They might be kind of far stretched, but like, why not? Right? I've I've been the guy that's been hitting pinch hit home runs, walk off home runs in games. Like as a kid, you envision those moments, mm-hmm. and like I've been able to do some pretty cool things and be putting some pretty cool moments and to help a team out. It's like, do I want to just be the middle reliever in the big leagues? If that's what it is, sure. Like I can make it back as a major league pitcher, but why not want to have that? strive to be a closer you know though that those backfields you're going to be around 19 year olds yeah 20 year olds you're going to see arms touched by god there's probably going to yeah. be a moment where you're going to go look at this guy mm-hmm. um yes. have you thought about that a little bit because you're not going to be yoda at that point you're competing with guys yeah i want to compete yeah i, I don't want to be that guy and i feel like i've never been that guy that that just goes in and and like He's just that old grumpy guy that's coming in and like, you know, like you know, I was I, here for I, the start of this run right, with the Braves. Like I've uh, I've seen that other side. I was a young guy and I've seen guys like just not have good attitudes. Like I want to be a positive light for all these people that I'm around, even if they're an 18 year old kid that's coming into spring training for the first time. Do you think there's going to be some 18 year old kid? Let's just say Idaho. He has no idea who the hell you are, and he's looking around going, "Who's the old guy?" Like, on the backfields. Like, there's a chance that's going to happen. Well, he doesn't look 90 in his defense. I'm going to trim up. I'm going to... Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to come in looking like I'm 25 again. He'd say that about us. I don't think he'd say that about Charlie Culberson. Oh, these 18-year-olds. They just... They don't... They have no filters. They're liable to just say stuff. Or like like Isaiah Drake at the end of the season last year. He goes, hey, man, just want to let you know, like, I love watching you play for the Braves. And, like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Right. And now he's a young prospect, and it's pretty cool to see him. And I just want to give – it's cool to have the respect from these young kids, but, again, we're, like, we're on the same playing field. Yeah. We're competing. We're competing. It's, like, fun competition. Let's go and get after it. I'm not going to, like, make you look bad. Don't make me look bad. Let's do this together. And I feel like that's just positive vibes going through, and I just want to be there – to compete, to win job, win a job too, but I'm going to help guys along the way. What if the 20 year olds are going out one night? Is an off day tomorrow? You know you're not going to get on a bus. You're going to go out with the 20 year olds? Like, do you think you'll be invited? Like, how does that work? The chaperone? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, how does that no, work? I can't, I can't do that. Right. Yeah, I got a, I've got a job to do. Like, I got kids at home. I got a wife at home. Like, 
My it's, my my job here is a little bit different than yours. We're competing, but my life is a little bit different than yours. Yeah, like that's that's sort of what happens in these camps. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I have one goal in mind when I get to spring training. Like I'm not there to go out and have fun and make sure my golf game is great. <laughs> like I've got to make sure my arm's good, and my body feels good, and I'm striking guys out on the field. Let's just be honest. That's just how it is. I don't. I'm not. This is it. This is fun for me, but like. Now is the time to, like, get after it. Like, I don't have all this extra time just to fool around. Like, I'm going to go down there to spring training, and I've got to be ready. As the great Apollo Creed once said, there is no tomorrow. And that's the attitude you have to take, right? Exactly. I mean, I have to. And if not, I'm wasting my my family's time, too, with me being out. All right, listen, we appreciate you coming in. I know you're headed down there next week. We're going to be down there the week of the 19th, so I'm sure our paths will cross down there. And uh, thanks for all the stuff you do outside the Braves organization as well. I know it, uh, where my son used to play, East Marietta, you had a camp there last week. You're doing stuff with the academy, having kids uh, play for you, raising money for charity. So kudos to you for doing all that stuff as well. Yeah, appreciate it. Come see me on the backfield. We'll do. <laughs> we'll make our way back there. I know that guy. <laughs> Not you from Idaho, the 19-year-old. That's Charlie Culberson. Charlie Culberson here in studio with us on the family. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacy Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. Fifty years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com.